everybody. Welcome to another hour of the Chicken and Liquor Hour. It's been a very long time, but I'm back. It's 2024. We got the reoccurring guest, uh, Dr. Clark, in the building. Uh, what's cracking, my brother? Okay. Hey, he, put a, about to say, he put a thumbs up for the people that's only listening and not oh, watching. I forgot this is a uh, audio <laughs> medium. It's an audio part. I got to start making it a full video podcast because that's obviously what's popping. But don't, don't um, you post every episode on YouTube anyway? Um, I only post the uh the the uh, games and trivia part. I don't do the entire podcast on YouTube. I just do when we do like the trivia games and then the Florida or not and that type of stuff. But I probably should just start doing the uh, entire episode. I need to get more. Uh, that's what my homegirl tried to tell me not to get down on myself because she said you got to remember these other people. They have full teams. That be yeah. helping them with their, that be editing the podcast, producing the podcast, doing all that. She said, you doing it where someone to have 12 to 15, 20 people on a team and you doing it with uh, one person. I said, okay. So, but I got to step my game up. Um, As we were talking about the students, that made me think of uh, one topic. I said, we're always people and everybody's always bringing up the negative things about Gen Z. What's something you find that's pretty cool about uh, Gen Z? Um, how innovative they are with like technology and social media, which I feel like is you know Should natural, be. but yeah, because each uh, generation is going to be innovative with technology, and that's how we got to where we are. But that's not trying to take anything from them because they uh they took it. They should each generation should take it and run with it. Yeah, and, and it's cool how they they question everything, like even long-standing traditions that we just accept as normal, like if they don't like it, they're going to be like, you know, why well, I got to do this? Why is this this way? You know? So, I mean, in order for them to change anything though, they have to run with it for a little bit until they get into positions where they can actually change it. But the questioning and the criticizing everything is a start, you know? Yeah. I will say one thing I've learned from Gen Z is when you get a text or a phone call from a number you don't know, go into Cash App and just search the number there. And a lot of times you can figure out who it is. And I was like, damn, that's dope as, that's dope as hell. I didn't know anything about that one. Yeah. Um, I do also like on how it's a double-edged sword because like you said, with the questioning part, no, nah, I ain't gonna say that. With the questioning part, you should go ahead and question everything. It's up to the older people not to be so uh, offended when people question something. Just give them a, a truthful and transparent uh, answer to it. But I think it's a double-edged sword with how quickly they are ready to just quit something. Because on mm. one end, you're like, they're not going to put up with any bullshit. And they'll quit and say, fuck it. But on the other end, you, I have to explain to them, every job you're going to have is going to come with bullshit. It's up to you to figure out, is this the job that's worth the bullshit? Is the juice worth the squeeze of this job? Because no matter where you go, but I have so many of them that don't think there's going to be bullshit everywhere they go. They think it's always greener on the other side. And no. Mm -hmm. So, and I got to like one of my uh, newer coworkers, he used to be on our student staff and we hired him as a professional. Like we was talking about one of our former friends and students there. And I see with these, with these students now, the difference is it's not that they question things. They, they're so entitled to things. And I think every young generation is like that, but this one is more entitled than I've seen with any other generation. And that comes from a person who has worked in higher ed and with college students for God dang, uh, over 10 years now, which is crazy as hell. So I see that now where they just think as soon as they have a certain amount of work, 
they think they have more work than anyone else. They think they have it harder than anyone else. They think, well, you don't understand. You ain't had to do this. I'm like, I didn't have to, I didn't go to college and graduate and get a full-time job. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're literally working in higher education, something I've been doing for 10 years. So you do see that end of it, which is exhausting. Like yeah. the whole, like, I'll give you an example of, I, okay, you know, I'll give you a good example of the, where the questioning everything is sometimes like too much. One of my, I have another coworker, she's 25, uh, just turned 26, like last month. And so she's hella Gen Z. She is hella Gen Z where I'll be talking to, we had a, uh, we had a holiday luncheon back in December and one of my coworkers, he's 27 from Atlanta. He got an old soul though. He is dude. You, he's more like a 47 year old black man. And so he was asking me about one of the students. He said, did you talk to, we'll call him Calvin. So did you talk to Calvin about whatever happened? And I was like, yeah. I said, hey, y'all, I don't know if Calvin's going to make it. Um, damn, my computer said it's going to restart in about an hour. So if it shuts off, just log right back on. All right, no problem. <laughs> but um, I should have went on ahead and did that earlier. But so I said, yeah, I don't know if Calvin's going to make it, dog. Like, so let me explain to Calvin. Last so last school year, spring semester, I had to suspend him for two weeks because, you know, I'm, I don't just fire students. I give them a chance. And, you know, half of them ain't never even had a job before college. Mm -hmm. So you got to be patient. So I suspended him for two weeks because he was 30 minutes late one day without even calling to say he was going to be late. Then he was 15 minutes late the same week. He did call and let us know he's going to be late. But, bro, you was 30 minutes late on Tuesday, 15 minutes on Wednesday. Then he had a no call, no show on Saturday. And I try to explain to them, any other job, if this was an off-campus job, you would have been fired. Imagine If you worked at Publix and you had a no-call, no-show, come yeah. on. So I suspended him for two weeks. That was back in the spring. Came back, got his shit together, all that. Then in the fall, here he comes. So I get it. I found that he didn't say anything, and I try to tell students, if you are pledging a sorority or fraternity, you should tell me because I will cut you some slack because I know what y'all going through. I understand mm -hmm. you're tired. You could be late. You might be fucking up at work more than you normally do. But if y'all don't tempt they over here thinking, I, I'm not supposed to tell anybody. Well, I'm like, yo, I'm not one of these students that's about to gossip, yo. I'm 35 years old, bro. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. So he was online, but he didn't say nothing. So he was... He probably was 20 minutes late to work one day. This was all in a two-week span. 20 minutes late. Uh, he called in and he no, he emailed me, said, hey, Will, I can't find anyone to cover my shift tomorrow, but I, I ain't going to be able to make it. Like, excuse me? What do you mean you ain't going to be able to make it? Yeah, I got some other stuff to do. I said, dog, you need to come and set a meeting with me. What you mean you got other stuff to do or whatnot? So we have a meeting and he had, just, so then they, uh, all the students uh, saw him, post, they all posted pictures to their Instagram. And they told me that he had just crossed as an alpha. And uh, so he comes in for this meeting. Dude comes in with the, the hood over his head, all low and stuff. I said, what are you doing? And he takes his hood out. He was bald. So, <laughs> so he's bald. And I'm, we having a long talk because I love this kid. He's a really good dude. He love he really loves his job, but I'm like, yo, your best ability is availability. And if you are not available, I don't know what to tell you. you can't, I, we can't depend on you if you're not here, if you don't show up. Like, your coworkers are going to end up hating you. So we had a talk, and I said, all right, we're starting over now. You're now, you, the line process is over. You need to figure out, and I told him, you need to figure out how to balance everything. This is now. You're a sophomore in college. I get it. You're young, but it's better for you to learn it now than wait until you're 27, 28 to how to balance everything going on. Because I tell them all the time. I'm not saying your life is easy, but this is the easiest your life is going to be for the rest of your life. 
Figure this shit out now. So he's like, I got you, Will. I appreciate the talk. I love working here. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to December. We have evaluations. He signed up for an evaluation on whatever, on a Thursday at 11 a.m. I'm sitting there at 10.55. He ain't there yet. 11 o'clock, he ain't there yet. 11.15, he ain't showed up. 11.30, nothing. I'm waiting for an email, nothing. So I emailed him that evening. I said, you scheduled an eval with me. You did not show up for uh, will you need to uh, set up a meeting with me for January when you come back so we can discuss your future here? Because we just had to talk about all of this crap. So he uh, he sends they, you know, they I feel like they have a template for how to apologize and act like they're very professionals, how much they love this job, blah, 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 mm -hmm. whatever. So come January, a couple uh, about two weeks ago, he comes in for the meeting. Oh, no, no. So my bad. I say all that to say then we had our holiday luncheon, like I was telling you. My coworker, 25, just turned 26. So I tell my other coworker about the meeting with, like I said, we'll call him Calvin. Uh, I said, dude, I don't know, dog. He didn't show up for his eval. We had this and that. And him and my other coworker are both like, yeah, we tried, bro. You might just have to let him go. So here she comes out of nowhere. She does, she has never supervised college students. This is she, like I said, she's young as hell. She does, she's never done what I've done. I've I've had to tell her before, so I ain't gonna cut. I ain't gonna do that part. So she jumps in. <laughs> Will you have to understand these students have a lot going on, and so we're just gonna call her Chastity. I said Chastity. Um, I'm sorry. No one was buying a car, so no one's looking for someone to co-sign. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask your advice or anything. What you got on? I said. What you have to understand is I've been doing this shit for over ten years. I have forgotten more than you even know about what I do. So I don't need you asking me, well, you got to know. And so she kept trying to explain to me my job. And I say that to say that is what I have seen from Gen Z. They want to explain to you your job and they want to explain shit to you that they know nothing about. And I feel like that is a microcosm of them growing up in the social media era because you got all these motherfuckers on social media. But think about it. Every time the... uh. Every time a, a special election comes around, everyone all of a sudden is a political expert. Every yeah. time uh, when the pandemic came around, everyone was a pandemic and health expert. When the NBA draft, the NFL draft come around, all these armchair fans all of a sudden are NBA GMs and 20 years of experience working in the sports world. And I feel like they are a result of growing up in that because especially me, I didn't grow up in it. I didn't have it until I was a a freshman and sophomore in college and social media was different back then because it was MySpace and Facebook. And then I feel like you probably didn't have it until what, high school or late middle school or something. So I was late to, I was later to social media than a lot of other people in my generation. I didn't get heavily into it until I was in like college. But even in when you was younger, social media was different. Everybody was having fun. It yeah. wasn't about being an expert in everything. I don't know when it changed, but at some point it became politics i'm an expert gender wars activists and all of that i want to say that was probably like 2016 when it started to like get more serious like that yeah that trump when trump started running that's when it really became yeah twitter especially but also facebook yeah but especially twitter yeah but yeah i feel like it's around that era so now we have people if she's 26 now in 2016 she was what 17 whatever so she was right at that age where you start really developing an opinion and they grew up in that and she probably already had twitter 
probably for at least five or six years before that when she was in fucking middle school. So she grew up in that era of social media where everyone knows everything. And I'm seeing that from most of the time. I don't see that from the older part of Gen Z every every once in a while. Some of them normally I see that from the younger Gen Z that's like 21, 22, not the 25, 26, 27 year olds. But Yeah. she is literally a microcosm of of that. And we be at work and she's hella cool. We went out for brunch. So I like her. I love her outside of work. She she's a cool person at work. She thinks she know everything. And that's what I see from the young Gen Z. They try to explain shit to me. And I'm like, like, they'll try to tell me, well, you should think about when you do the schedule. I said, you don't think I think about that? I said, motherfucker, it's 40 of y'all. It's 40 of y'all that I'm trying to schedule. It, I can't just. Every, all of them want what they want. They don't think about what's good for the greater good. They could care less about how it affects the other people. And that's how, how she was. And I had a time like, yo, I know what the fuck I'm doing. And she said, well, you got to understand students have a lot going on. You can't just fire them. I said, at first, I wasn't going to explain anything to you, but I'm just going to let you know. I've had about four meetings with this kid. This is two semesters going now. He, yes, he's a great kid. Yes, he's very polite. Yes, he does his job. But imagine me. A grown man, if everybody loves me at work, but I don't, but I call in every other day or, or I don't even call in. I just don't show up. Imagine you doing that as a 28 year old man with a professional full-time job. You, it, it takes one time. I feel like one time if we just didn't go to work and then we, email, and he calls us, we don't answer. Your supervisor calls you. Don't answer, but you email him. Hey, my bad, bro. Oh, I forgot I had a flight to Texas. So I'm out of town right now, man. My bet I ain't find no one to cover. <laughs> like, come on. But so I had to explain to her. I'm like, yeah, so that's what I'm talking about with Gen Z. Oh, it's a double-edged sword because she thinks she knows everything. I know we were trying to keep it positive. Um, but from that, <laughs> from that scenario, I could point out like three things I could just, you know, talk about more specifically. Um, I feel like one of, like you said, how everyone thinks they're an expert because of all this access to information. We really need to push media literacy, um, especially now, because like just because something makes just because somebody makes a video about something on TikTok and they sound like they know what they're talking about doesn't mean anything they're saying is actually true. <laughs> you should be able to like watch a video and be like, oh. That sounds like a good idea. Like, I can see their point. But still, in the back of your mind, be like, but that doesn't mean it's true, and I should look for other information on this. It just be any random... You know what? The best example of that is, what, a couple weeks ago when a random chick gets on Twitter talking about, I heard a TD Jakes is gay, and he's Yeah, a, and he's yeah. a power bottom, and he had sex with Diddy, and Diddy blew up this car, and everyone, no one questioned it. No one even looked up additional information. People just ran with it, and that's because... People are biased as hell. These are the people who already didn't like T.D. Jakes and Diddy. So they just ran with it. And that's where this gets into a whole nother thing. But that's where how cancel culture is not really real because it'd be different if you get information and it's someone that is a true fan of that person. And then they're like, oh, I'm not fucking with them anymore. But the Mm -hmm. only people that's canceling somebody are people who already didn't like them. So if I'm a comedian or Dave Chappelle, They be canceling Dave Chappelle. Somehow they cancel Dave Chappelle every year, and every year he keeps having some of the highest sold-out shows and tours every year still somehow, but they cancel him. So that's I get your point. It's so annoying. 
you hear something, and you're like, oh, shoot, T.D. Jakes is gay. I knew it. And then they go and look up all this stuff. Like, see, I told y'all. I was looking yeah. at her. Go ahead. Go ahead. The thing is, that video you're talking about was not based on anything. It was a woman who made a video saying she heard from somebody that she this said was she had friends. I think she said she had like friends that worked for the FBI and told her about yeah, it. Like what? Like that's not evidence. <laughs> and these and so and if you came out and said that, and the FBI got wind of it, they would easily find out who your friends are, and they yeah. are in trouble like a mug. Like I have friends that work for whatever government agencies. And it'd be small information they're not allowed to. I had a homeboy that worked for a um, fucking Shell gas company, and he wasn't even allowed to tell us when the prices of gas was going to go down the next day. Mm -hmm. So you think that this woman got a bunch of friends, and she got a bunch of friends that work for the FBI that sent that text, texting her information, but people just run with it. And that's unfortunate because now you have a whole generation of people that that's what they grew up in. Yeah. And so while on one end, so we'll take it on the positive side. It's also dope because you can get information from TikTok that you would have never, but it's information like, like, oh, this is how you're supposed to pack the pack your dishwasher. I didn't know that's how you're supposed to pack your dishwasher. Oh, this is how you get a get a wine stain out of your carpet. That's the information I be getting. Like, oh, this is when you should buy plane tickets because at the end of the month, they're cheaper than they are at the beginning of the month or whatever it is. But we're getting also we're getting useless information because what does you knowing that TD Jakes is gay do for you on your regular everyday life? You're right. What <laughs> there's nothing to that. Like, so one of my I remember I went on a date with this chick. She's 30 years old too, talking about uh, so you think Gunna did it? I was like, What? She said, You think Gunna snitched? I said, Girl, what is what does that do for my regular everyday life? The older I get, the more I realize. I cannot date a woman who is so ingrained into celebrity, just gossip and news. That shit is crazy to me. Well, so I hear you. I'm a little bit guilty of that, too, because I've been really into this YSL trial because it's so entertaining. I don't know if you've been seeing clips of it and like the. I scroll right past it. I just don't even care. It's so entertaining, but it's also making Atlanta look like a joke and the Georgia justice system look like a joke. It's such a comical case. Like they had. So, okay. For the past, like, few weeks they've had this former YSL associate on the stand and they offered so basically he is snitching they offered him a deal saying if you tell us what we want to know then you'll get probation or whatever they've had him on the stand asking the most ridiculous things like um like they, they'll pull up like a picture of one of his tattoos and they'll be like is that is that a red star he'll be like yeah and they're like is that a b in the middle of the star and he's like, yeah. And they're like, what does that B stand for? And he'll be like, oh, it just stands for boss. Like, he's finessing them, basically. Because like, like, they're trying to get him to say it stands for blood. And he's like, no, nah, it right. stands for brain. Because what did I did see the clip on you on Twitter where they, I think they asked him what YSL means. And he was, or they asked him what whatever letters means. And he was like, young, Christian, whatever, striving. That was or, the lawyer. The lawyer said that thug stands for truly humbled under God. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> So I understand that part where you're saying it's entertaining, but I also know you and I know you're not ingrained into celebrity gossip. I was using that one example. That's different. You just find it entertaining or whatever. These people like th these people are making theses and and papers about P. Diddy and fucking, I don't know, Tyra Banks and Kiki Palmer and her boyfriend and all this shit like to ask to ask somebody 
when you're on a date, it's your first time really meeting each other in person. And you're like seriously asking me, you think Gunna did it? She And she was like, because I can't listen to him no more if he snitched. I'm like, girl, you work for Microsoft. <laughs> you are you are not in the street. You're not living by the street code. Like you just said, you you just taught Sunday school two days ago. What are you talking about? Like, why do you care if he's a snitch? I'm not living that life. But like, mm. I have one student saying, "Will do you listen to Gunner?" I said, "Well, I mean, it's never. I never like seeked out Gunner. That's just not the kind of music I listen to." I said, "But my friends have put me onto a couple songs, and I'm like, oh, and he does ride a little bit. Like, I can't listen to him, man. He's a snitch." I said, "Girl, you are an international Korean student here on a visa." That's crazy. Studying business. What are you even talking about? What do you even know about this? Because she dates a black guy. That's why. That, a completely unrelated topic. That reminds me of the Thai girl from Atlanta. Did you have you seen her on TikTok? So it was a Thai girl, and she. Are you hold on? Are you saying Tide? Thai for like from Thailand. Oh, Thailand. Okay, I just said Tide as in T I D E. Nah. So there's this um um Thai lady who went viral on TikTok because. So she's from Thailand, but she claims that she grew up in Atlanta and she spoke with this really exaggerated black oh, accent. Oh, I saw people, I saw people talking about that. Like, cause and I finally looked at one video and she was trying to say that she has a southern Atlanta accent. And I'm like, girl, don't nobody talk like that though. Which the funny thing to me was she was mixing like accents from different regions. <laughs> like some of the stuff she said would sound like Memphis, some of it would sound like Baltimore. And I'm like, nah. And Just even in Georgia. Like Atlanta sounds different than people I know from Macon and from all these other areas too. They don't all sound the same in Georgia. Just like you go to Florida, it's three different states there. South Florida, Central Florida, North Florida all sound different. That's mm -hmm. how you know she don't know anything about the culture because she was just mixing everything in together then. And put like people pulled up videos from like just two years ago when she had a very heavy Thai accent. So that's how we know this is all fake. <laughs> I can't stand people, bro. All right. Next time. So this is my uh, random question uh, segment. Um, what's worse? I'm not sure how in tune you are with either one, but it don't even have to be just the Twitter. It could be the convo of it these days. What's worse, NBA Twitter or rap Twitter? Because I have grown to hate both of them. Cause, and I asked that, and I, let me preface that. I asked that because I feel like a lot of people now are not fans of hip hop or fans of NBA. They're fans of individual people, especially mm. in the NBA. They're not fans of the sport anymore. They're just fans of LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe, KD, Book, uh, Booker, like Donovan Mitchell. They're not fans of the overall sport. And then on the rap side, the same thing. They're not fans of hip hop. They're fans of only pushing the agenda that their favorite artist is better than this artist and they wanna belittle the next artist. That is a really good point when it comes to hip-hop Twitter. I didn't think about it like that before. Um, I would just say, not just Twitter, but, like, you see that a lot on TikTok, too, of, like, people just going hard for their favorite artists. But they don't... Like, you can tell they're not hip-hop heads. They just, like, play work Cardi or they just, like, whoever. But they're not really, like, for the music or for the culture. I would say hip-hop Twitter aggravates me more. Uh, just because of all the trash takes that people have. You're also more of a hip-hop guy than a basketball guy, too. Right. So I'm not as familiar with NBA Twitter, but hip-hop Twitter be and TikTok just be aggravating me sometimes. The takes be, like, just shitty and wild as hell. And so, like, recently, like, you see the most deaf 
Con yeah. uh, Henry. So he came out on what he was saying, like Drake's music is like shopping at Target and it's not hip hop, it's pop, blah, blah, blah. While I kind of understand a little bit of what he's saying, to me it's also still, he's it's gonna, all it's gonna do is make him come off like an old head that thinks he's too good for today's hip hop because yeah. people forget Drake came out as an underground backpack rapper at first. Like Which when you go say what? A lot of people pointed that out is that at first he was doing that kind of music and no one was buying it. And then he got with um young money, you know, went more commercial and then blew up. Which makes sense because when you Jay-Z, like we all know it's my favorite rapper of all time. Jay-Z hip hop is hell. And he even said, uh, what do you say? Um I, I used to try to I used to try to rhyme like Talib Kwali. Damn it. Now I'm mad that I, I don't forget. Oh, okay. So I I think you mixed two different lines. He said sure if skills if skills sold, truth be told, be I told probably, probably, truthfully I want to rhyme like common sense, but I sold five mil. I ain't been rhyming like rhyming like common sense. Yeah. And yeah, like like Lu Lupe has a song about dumbing down your rap lyrics. Because the masses, the masses, there's only a few rappers that can get through there while rapping about some actual shit, you know? And especially today, you don't see it as much, but there are rappers like the J. Coles, the Kendrick Lamars. I mean, Jay-Z still blew up off of still making songs that had substance to it. DMX, the same way. They was making songs that had substance to it. And even when Drake first blew up, his album still has songs that has substance to it. He still was talking about his mother being sick, talking about his uncle, talking about his father not being there. He talked he talked a lot about his family. It's that shows me that these people are only listening to the commercial songs because they're listening to the popular music. But when you was buying those albums back then, he was talking about relationships and his mother and uncle and family and all of that. He talked about coming up and trying to blow up and be a rapper. He talked about how Lil Wayne inspired him and changed his life and him sitting in class realizing, I don't want to do this bullshit. I ain't trying to go to school no more. Like, he talked about all of that. So for me, all these rap takes just be lazy. And I can tell it's not very many of the younger generation that are hip-hop heads anymore. And I'm not saying to be a hip-hop head, you got to know about the 80s hip-hop or even early 90s. You ain't got to know about that. But at least... No, it's like they don't know anything before 2008. Yeah. I think, like, just generational wars in general in hip-hop, I feel like true hip-hop fans should be able to respect every era. Correct. So, like, because, you know, you'll have old heads dissing everything that's new or everything that came out, like, after late, <laughs> And then there are younger hip-hop heads, or not even hip-hop heads, but just younger hip-hop fans that don't understand anything before 08 or just they'll just 90s rappers or whatever yeah but i feel like if you're a true hip-hop fan you don't have to listen to everyone or like everyone but you should appreciate like every era and that's where know. i'm at because i'm like and so i saw like the young cats when most definitely that comment they're like oh so this is some this song is good and they would try to find the one of the wackest most them songs and then the next dude like also, but y'all ain't heard Miss Fat Booty. And like most Def has, most Def can rap his ass off. Most Def has a lot of dope songs. But I'm also, this is what like I don't do in basketball. I don't compare eras. It's a totally different sound now. Like why would I compare the Snap era to, to mid 90s hip hop with Snoop Dogg and Jay-Z and DMX and Biggie? Why would I, that, it's two totally different styles. I also recognize 
that's why I say these are just rap fans. They're not hip hop fans. Hip hop mm. and rap is too. Hip hop is the bigger, the larger level of it. Why can you not like several different types of hip hop? Like sometimes I'm in the mood for Dom Kennedy and Larry June and some West Coast rap. Sometimes I'm in the mood for some introspection hip hop, like some Talib Kweli or some early Drake. Sometimes I do get in the mood. Like if I'm at a if I'm at a kickback, there's not a lot of Jay Z songs I'm gonna play now for me. There are a lot of Jay-Z songs that can be played in a kickback. But I also read the room now. These new niggas, they don't want to hear any, they want to hear the same type of music at every kickback, depending where you're at. Like, I got a younger homegirl. She's 25. And so when we go to kickback at her house, nigga, every song pretty much sounds the same. Mm -hmm. It's the same type of trap song playing the whole time. It's the same kind of beat. It's either the same type of trap song or it's the same type of female rap. And I'm not one of the guys that I hear like every female rapper sounds the same because they don't. But the most popular female rappers sound the same. And it's like they're all, all the, they're all trying to out ratchet each other. Mm -hmm. So when I have a, when there's a kickback at her crib, it's literally nothing but everything sounds like sexy red or everything sounds like whatever. I can't at least I can name the female rappers. I can't even name half these new trap male trap rappers. But everything sounds like it's basically, if she plays, let's say she plays a playlist of 26 songs, it basically sounds like three long songs. Mm -hmm. But so I reckon I got to read the room. So if they give me the ox, I'm like, well, I can't play the R&B I want to play. Like, they don't believe that there's R&B you can play at a party. Yeah. I'm like, bro, there's a lot of R&B you can play at a party. But I feel like Spotify is kind of responsible for that, for like their algorithms and just feeding people the same stuff when they notice that they're listening to certain things. Yeah, because if you listen, if you have one Saturday where you out in the streets all weekend, all Saturday partying, and you happen just to play these ratchet songs that Saturday, now your whole algorithm is yeah. that over the next week. Because I see it even with me, like I'll be, I listen to R&B a lot, but then when I look at the playlist they make for me, it's nothing but R&B. I'm like, nigga, I like other music too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to like the algorithms on these streaming apps, you got to like consciously try to play different stuff so it will like show you more if you're just listening to the same genre that's all it's going to show you and then that's all you're going to listen to so it's the cycle it has shown me that people are lazy because they rather for someone to give them the music to listen to than to go out and search it like when people will always be like all oh, hip-hop hip-hop sucks now all the songs sound the same I'm like no it doesn't you mm -hmm. are just too lazy to go out and search it you just want to for someone to make a playlist for you. And you know me, as someone that makes 20 million playlists, I'm going out there and searching for me. There is so much good music out there. It is it is an overload of fucking dope music. Even when people tell me there's no good R&B anymore, all of it is toxic, it sounds the same. Now, and I will say, the popular R&B these days is hella just toxic and toxic love and not real love anymore. But there's so much good R&B now. People are lazy, though. So here's a funny story, because I'd I be telling people when like old heads talk down about rap music today and how people can't rap, I always feel like it's the delivery they don't like and not really the lyrics. I will yeah. uh, real quick, keep that mm. thought. I will say I have been a victim of that, too, because I'm yeah. like, that nigga ain't saying no, you can't rap. And then I realized it's the delivery. The nigga is offbeat. Like a lot of those uh, Michigan rappers. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can't get with a lot of them. 
And then the other day, I don't know if you heard uh, Lil Wayne. I, forget, I don't know who, but Lil Wayne's on some Detroit rapper song. I, they posted a clip of it on Twitter, though, that I'm going to find it and send it to you. And he was riding the hell out of that beat, though. He was on beat. And that's made me, I'm like, oh, I didn't like it because I was stuck in, I don't like the way they rap on these beats. But Lil Wayne, and you hit all these young people like, there might no Lil Wayne can ride a beat like that. I'm like, he was literally rapping on the beat the way he used to rap on those uh, Cash Money and New Orleans beats back in the 90s and 2000s. So I will agree with what you're saying just for me already. Yeah. So because my like aunts and uncles on my mom's side, they're like, you know, older generation of hip hop heads. They grew up in the 90s. So they're like, you know, there's no good rap being made today or whatever. I was back home a couple of weeks ago and I went downtown with them in the car. They're playing Damn by the Youngbloods. I was like, this is not the lyrical rap you claim to only listen to. This is a club song. So you do understand club music. You just don't understand today's club music. Hey, that is hilarious like, because you, that is the ultimate ain't rapping about shit. <laughs> like, you just said there's no substance today, but this is what you're playing. Cause so like we're getting ready to go out. So you understand you're playing something to get you hype. We still do the same thing. You're just not familiar with it. Right. Like, cause they got lyrics shorter than the month of February. Like that's not the deepest rap lyric ever. <laughs> like, right. You only you just understand the era you grew up with. That's Correct. what it is. Like, it's what I've learned is every new generation, 90% of them motherfuckers are gonna be hypocrites. Just yeah. like the people that are 24 right now, in 10 years from now, they're gonna be some hypocrites as well. They're like each generation are hypocrites about the previous generation because you I just brought up the snap era. They was not rapping about shit in the snap era. <laughs> and them niggas couldn't rap. They could not rap. And uh, they wasn't rapping about I mean, Waka Flocka, Soldier Boy, D4L, like them niggas wasn't rapping. It's just that this is a, a it um it evolved into something different, but it's the same thing. You like you said, you just don't like the delivery because there are a lot of dope young rappers. I mean, mm -hmm. fucking J.I.D. is a good example of that. Also, Redville is another person you should look up. He's from uh, Maryland. I haven't heard of him. Yeah, and um, Denzel Curry, if you're not on him yet. Yeah, but he's been out for quite a while, though. For like 10 years, yeah. That's 10 years. To be able to still have right. a name for yourself in music for 10 years, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause... But, he, like, he, but he's been so unnoticed for a lot of that time, though. Yeah, that is very true. That is true. But I feel like he is somebody that has a core fan base and he's not tripping about people who don't fuck with him. Kind of like how J. Cole blew up. He didn't yeah. care that people didn't. Because I'm old enough to remember when I was in college, all these niggas, they did not like J. Cole when I was mm -hmm. in college. I remember trying to put my friends on his music. Hey man, he's cool, bro, but he's boring, bro. I fall asleep to his music. This shit is trash. They used to say he was so trash and boring. And I'm like, he is the rapper that y'all complain about that y'all, he would be perfect in the 90s. J. Cole would have been perfect. I could see him featuring a video with Wu-Tang wearing Tim's and a bubble coat and some jeans rapping on the corner with Method Man. Mm -hmm. I could totally see that. And so... If you are authentic and you can and you can have a fan base that relates to you, you can blow up. And that is legit how the J. Coles, the Kendricks, Wale would have blew up even more if he didn't whine and complain as much as he was earlier on. Uh Big Crit, Mac Miller, and then you uh move future. 
uh, shoot, NBA Young Boy is probably the perfect example of that. I can't, yeah. I can't get with him. I do hear songs every once in a while that I fuck with. You put me onto some songs from him, but the nigga is angry all the fucking time, and he smokes yeah. cigarettes, and he smokes he is, cigarettes. He is so violent, but uh, he he really knows how to ride a beat, and he really spits. And so, and so, I get what you're saying because I, when I was at the gym yesterday. And I was listening to the Brilliant Idiots podcast, and they was talking about NBA Youngboy because he's on like house arrest in Utah or whatever. And yeah. they did an interview with him recently. And he's got, I think, 11 kids. And he said in the interview, they was asked about fatherhood. He was like, I ain't really big on fatherhood. And the interview was like, wait a minute, you have, what do you mean? You have 11 kids? Said, I ain't really big. I don't really fuck with fatherhood like that. And so everybody's like, bro, you, which kid was it that you had that you're like, man, you don't really fuck with this? Was it the fourth one? Was it the set? Like, when did you realize this fatherhood shit is whack? Like, it was so random, but I got some students that, and I see why they be aggressive as shit, because you mm -hmm. wake up first thing in the morning at 8, 9 a.m., and you listening to that music at 9 a.m., bro? You setting I, I, the tone for your day. I do that, though. I be listening to it on the way to work. That is, but see, thank God you have a laid-back personality then. Because <laughs> these other niggas be a, my students, I told one of my students, I said, hey, and I was messing with them. I said, hey, yo, Julio, why didn't you uh, put the microphones up like I asked you to? Ow! Ow! I swear I did that. I said, dude, what the fuck? Calm down, that's what, yeah, that, yeah, that's how a lot of them are. <laughs> what, look, it was funny. One of my students, she came to me, one of my grad students, said, yeah, um, this dude invited me over to his house Friday night, and she said, I wasn't going to go, but we've talked a lot. I met him here at work one day, so I went over his house Friday night, and I was going to give it a chance. She said she goes in there. And she thought they was gonna kick it, have a drink, you know, chill and stuff. She said he started playing NBA Young Boy. I said, wait. <laughs> and then another girl walks up. She said, Will, these young dudes, they be playing NBA Young Boy and rap music when we come over to kick it down. They don't play no R and B and chill music anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said these young niggas don't know what they do. <laughs> but also, a lot of young folks they don't have sex to like R and B music no more. They have sex to trap music. My homeboy's hmm. like, hey, bro, but it be live when you do. I said, yeah, but I'm I like that. I'm I like that relaxing chill shit to get freaky too, bro. I ain't trying to. It ain't all gotta be it see, it's also another microcosm of social media. Cause now on Twitter, so much porn on there, and it be all that aggressive ass porn. Yeah. For, like it, when a girl's giving head, it ain't passionate no more. Yeah, there's no like you know, Cinemax movies where it's all sensual and stuff. <laughs> it ain't no sensual sex on the yeah. timeline. It's all it's a dude, it's a girl sucking him Dan's dick and his hands behind her head. And he's just forcing it. And I'm like, who fucking enjoys watching this for porn? But it's them NBA. So imagine, <laughs> imagine a 21 year old. He wakes up. All he's listening to is NBA Young Boy all day from 9 a.m. until fucking 11 o'clock at night. And then at night before he goes to bed, he pulls up Twitter. He's scrolling. There's some porn pops up. And it's a man with his hand behind a chick's head just meanly, aggressively sucking dick. That's all that's in this nigga's head now. That's why these kids is aggressive as hell. What happened to the sensual and passionate? There ain't no more lovemaking. They all fucking. That's what it is. <laughs> it ain't no more lovemaking. It's just fucking. Which, that bring me to my next question. I was going to say... Which do you think is probably worse, Twitter as a whole, how porn is all over Twitter, or the, the amount of true crime that people are watching now? 
and how popular true crime is, mixing that with the violence you see on social media? I I would say Twitter as a whole, um, just because I feel like that app is is all bad and is a huge influence, is a huge negative influence. I'm a true crime fan myself. I mostly listen to podcasts though. Um, not as I much. I watch. Like, I watch a lot of true crime. Yeah, I'm not as into like the documentaries and stuff like that. I'm more so listening to podcasts, which it, it's also a negative thing too. But I think there's like a responsible way to consume it. But it's become so mainstream now that like a lot of people are exploitive with it. And I think. I think all of it is bad because people are getting so numb to things. Yeah. Like when people will post a video of some kind of violent act happening and they're like, well, she was dumb anyways for being there. I'm like, damn, you just saw a video of a girl, of a man just get shot in broad daylight. And your first thing is to make some kind of joke or post a meme of it. Like mm -hmm. today, I some dude posted a video of, he was like, uh, watch who you friends with. And it's a dude walking with, I guess, his friend in the back alley late at night. And they joking and stuff. And he just pulls out a gun, shoots him in his head and runs off. And I'm thinking, you posted this video. You put a rap song behind it. And you put your own watermark for your Twitter uh, for your Twitter name on there. I'm like, how insensitive that is. And then when you look at the replies, and this is why I said this year I wasn't going to go through the re replies anymore. Because I went through it. And you see people posting memes and all of that. I'm like, bro, people are so numb and insensitive to things now. And then with all the porn that's on there, it's going to be a whole generation of people growing up that regular sex is not good enough anymore. That's mm -hmm. not going to turn you on. That's not going to have you have an orgasm anymore. This shit is so aggressive. It's so much of it. The regular shit ain't good enough. So like I said, you got a nigga seeing videos like that on Twitter then looking at this aggressive porn and listening to trap music and NBA Youngboy all day. That is, I've, the single mothers raising these young niggas today, <laughs> that is the more power to them because Lord Jesus. And it doesn't help that, you know, some states are basically banning sex ed in schools or already have. So you can't learn like what real sex is supposed to be like or how to do it responsibly. Yep. Because then, you porn you see a lot of times porn was about the male stimulation it wasn't about what you can do for women at all as well so now you're seeing that with no education for it they're getting their education from fucking twitter because it's a threat of a, a goat throat threat <laughs> or some kind of bullshit and it the what shout out to sexual liberation yes but it's a double-edged sword once again there's I was I mean, if if I was in college and these women was that sexual liberated, my Lord Jesus, it would have been crazy. No telling how college students are now with this shit. I well, wonder. So not that long ago, I was seeing like stats that like the current generation is actually having less sex than okay, older. I have I have read it. They said that young men is specifically are having way less sex than they used to. And I want my bad I mean cut you off. Yeah, I saw the same thing I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, to what you were just, if, I mean, if men are having less sex, doesn't that mean women are too? Or maybe the women are going to other women and saying, fuck this. I mean, sure. I'm sure that's <laughs> happening more. I don't know how much more, but yeah. But yeah, they're saying that specifically, I think it said like 17 to 22 year old men are having way less sex than previous generations. And more of them are into gaming, 
porn and uh betting and gambling and stuff like that, which on one end you're like, shout out to that. On the other end, it's like, damn, well, how healthy is that as well? That yeah. you're just replacing this with that. And so I we're gonna see the effect this has on society 10 years from now. Yeah, I mean, a lot more because I feel like uh, that probably ties into just like social skills not being as good anymore. And maybe, you know, they I think don't COVID know, they don't know how to talk it. to women. But I feel like that was even happening before COVID. So I think, you know, we're going to see like the effects of having a lonelier population in like the next 10 years. Because I feel like if you mix everything into it, you have uh, when the pandemic hit, that's one part. You have mm -hmm. social media, you have gaming, you have ordering groceries at home, you have streaming instead of going to the movies, you have that you can order everything and get it sent to your house. So everything is making it so that you just stay at home and don't have to go out as much. So mm -hmm. now you're having a whole generation of people not be, not knowing how to socialize with people, not knowing how to talk to people. I mean, even be, like you said, even before the pandemic, you had, I remember having conversations with some of my students. I'm like, man... Y'all have it easy how to try to talk to women. I said, when I was growing up, you had to talk to women on the phone. So I said, I would be at home. I'm writing down topics to bring up to talk to her on the phone because I didn't know what to say. I said, mm -hmm. now y'all just get on Twitter and put heart eyes under a picture. And then boom, you just DM a chick, whatever, like you find a heart eyes or a fire emoji. And then y'all, that sets the tone for y'all to start talking all of a sudden. Like, y'all don't know how to talk to women. I'm in this Atlanta group chat, and they and her talking about, like, flirting and going out. And I made the comment. I'm joking, but it's also true. I'm like, most, the average woman doesn't know how to flirt because they never had to flirt because most women are going to talk to them. But then mm -hmm. I'm seeing the comments the dudes are making, and they're like, I don't even talk to women out in public no more because they just going to be bothered. They don't like it, blah, blah, blah. I said, no. As long as she finds you attractive, then you good. It don't matter what you say to her. If you, if she doesn't find you attractive, then you probably, she's probably going to say you're a creep, unfortunately. Because dude was like, I ain't hollering no woman in the gym. They don't want to hear that. I said, yeah, only if she doesn't find you attractive. If she finds you fine as hell, you can get away with talking to her in the gym. You good. I'm like, yeah, I said, I'm sorry, but I said, when I'm out at brunch, I meet hella women. Like, I, you got be able to make them laugh. Her, she needs to find you somewhat attractive, be fun, and be able to make her feel comfortable. Don't feel, don't make her feel creeped out by you and uncomfortable. But now the all these, I think a lot of these men have fell into the traps of Twitter where you have two men that complain about women and like, yeah, that's how it is. Like, no, y'all just they don't find you attractive or you don't know how to talk to women. And now we have a whole era of people that was stuck in a house for what two and three years as well. They already was in the house. What'd you say? And you got this incel culture with like the Andrew Tates of the world. But, okay, hold on. So explain that to me. I'm going to show my age. What does incel mean? Incel stands for involuntary celibate. Oh, it stands for something. Yeah, that's what it's short for. So basically, it's men who who aren't having sex or who aren't talking to women, but won't not to. they don't want to, but just because like just, you know, their personalities or their social skills, women just are kind of repelled by them. And so they're so, lonely. Okay. So that goes to when I was telling, so this is basically what I described when I was telling some of my students, 
I said, you have all these men on podcasts and all they do is complain about women, but they're complaining about the women that they actually want to have sex with, but those women don't want to have sex with them. So now mm -hmm. they develop a hatred for them and all they do is talk bad about them because they don't, because these women don't give them the time of day. Right. Oh, yeah. It, just learn something new lot, today. <laughs> it can get a lot more like insidious when they start like, you know, encouraging violence towards them or you know, it can get into all kinds of like weird, deranged stuff. But yes, yeah, so now there's like a whole culture surrounding that that's easier to get into now because of social media. So you have like, but like Andrew Tate was huge among high school boys. So you had all these high school boys listening to him just talk down about women and being all negative and aggressive towards them. And they're learning about how to treat and interact with women from people like that. Especially history repeating itself. It's going back to when men was owning women and they couldn't have a bank account. And that's basically how they're trying to treat women. Basically, except right. they're even more angrier because they really want to have sex with these women and they don't want to have sex with you. But right. also, it's like, y'all trying to go off a very... They're going after a very specific type of woman. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going out after the quote-unquote bad bitch, the social media model... Like this, this goes into the where it's men and women. These men want the rappers' girlfriends. They want the type of women that rappers go after. But guess yeah. what? You can't keep those type of women on your salary, my nigga. Like you are trying to be a rapper, and you're not like you're not future. I'm sorry, you're not future, bro. Like you can't maintain that type of woman. Also, that is not the kind of woman you actually want because that type of woman is off to the highest bidder. So the moment you can't afford this, but the next nigga comes where mm -hmm. you can afford, you can afford to take her to Houston, but she's trying to go to Turks and Caicos, then she's done with you, my nigga. So why do you want that anyways? And then women want the lifestyle of the rapper's girlfriend, but they be talking to fucking people like me that work in higher ed or niggas that work at UPS and niggas that work for Microsoft, they not trying, they don't want these type of women. Mm -hmm. But now you want this, you want that lifestyle. Like one of my students, grad student, he just graduated from grad school, but he was like, well, it's tough out here. He said, you dating a 21 year old, y'all both in college and she wants you to pay for her trips and buy her bags and pay mm -hmm. her bills. And it's like, bitch, I'm a broke college student. I said, damn, y'all not even allowed to be broke college students anymore. Nah. Nah, all college students want to act rich. And I see it too, because they be thinking, like this girl was telling, one of my students told me, she's a senior. She just, she's about to turn 22. And she was like, nah, if he can't afford to do this, I'm not fucking with him. I said, girl, you work here on minimum <laughs> wage. What do you mean? Like, you're not like, you're, you're in college, you don't even have a car. What like that makes no sense. Like you don't have a car, but then she showed me. She said, "I can ask a nigga right now for forty dollars. He'll send it to me." I said, "You can just text another college, broke college student." And so she texts two people. She texts a chick and a dude. And within ten minutes, she had a sixty dollar Apple Pay and a fifty dollar Cash App from both of them. I said that that's embarrassing on their behalf. Yeah, she said, "Will." If a dude's got $30 and I ask for 20, he's gonna spend, he's gonna send me $20 and live on $10 until his next paycheck. I said, that is scary and embarrassing. How <laughs> did we as a people see those were the negative effects from all those shows, the the husband, the wives of Hollywood, oh, really? yeah, all them shows and the uh 
the flavor of love. So that's now we're seeing the negative effects from all those shows popping up in society and in, in, uh, in society. And it's scary. And from people just like lying, because even the people that they look up to who live like that, their lives aren't really like that either. But that's what they're portraying. So that's what people want to go after. Right. It's only so many people in music specifically that's actually making the type of money you think they're making. Yeah. The average artist is not making this type of money, y'all. Like they're renting. Like I remember being back in, I remember being in middle school and it was annoying me then when I was a 12 and 13 year old. But I remember we'd be at church and the youth minister preaches like, y'all trying to be like these rappers. Do y'all not understand everything in these videos is rented? They don't own these cars. They don't own this jury. This, they are not all making this money. And us back then as kids, y'all just hate. Y'all hating because they making money. Do you get older and realize, oh no, if you're looking at one of them old cash money videos, even back then at that time, the only one that probably had money was Birdman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was probably just Birdman and, and probably Manny Fresh because producers make more money than the rappers. But the rest of these niggas was say what? Well, they can like producers can catch a raw deal too and, and not get paid well by the artists that they're making beats for. But yeah, I see what you mean. No, that is true. But I'm just saying on an average, normally the producers are making more money than an artist, and that's in any genre, not just hip hop. Yeah. But I remember thinking, y'all just hating. And then you get older and realize, oh, yeah. If you put 10 rappers in a row, one out of 10 of them is making money. And then, but the young people argue, uh-uh, Jay-Z. I said, y'all cannot try to bring up the Jay-Zs and the Snoop Dogs. That is, that does not count. That is, that's different. There's levels to that shit. I'm talking about the rappers that, because you the Jay-Zs and Snoop Dogs are not on Instagram, flashing cash and jewelry. Mm-hmm. They are not doing that shit. The only big time rapper that was really making money, money like that was doing that. Probably like a future because future did blow up and start really making, but he probably ain't making as much money as y'all think he is either. And I don't like counting people's pockets, but for the sake of this conversation, like y'all, these people aren't making as much, even the like actors and all of that, they're not making as much money as y'all think. Like, look, the writer strike had these people down bad. Yeah. <laughs> The writers like these people, and then shit after taxes, because that's what when we talk about these athletes, and like, yeah, like I was, I came, I was listening to some podcast the other day, and they was talking about like these NBA contracts, and they brought up, I can't remember who they brought up. They was like, yeah, he signed a contract for three years, two hundred mil or whatever. He's bringing home seventy five mil a year. I'm like, that's not how these contracts are brought made up. They make them where in the first year they may make 90 million, then the second year 80, then the third year 40, and then it goes down each year. They're not making 90 million every year. And even if he says they're making 90 million that year, after paying agents and taxes, they're taking home, which is still a lot of money. But out of if you're thinking you're making 90 and they're only bringing home 30 million, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. It's a huge difference. It's scary, man. We ain't. All right, let's, you know. Wait. I mean, even when we had MTV Cribs, most of those houses were rented and stayed. Yep. You get older and realize some of the only few people that was real was like Red Man and his red yeah. <laughs> real Or the people that did have those houses, then they, in a couple months later, get in trouble with taxes like Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. So, or they went and got all of that just for Cribs and rented it and then went back home to their regular house. Bro, they would open their refrigerator, there wouldn't be nothing in there. I'm like, they don't live in that house. <laughs> it's like, bro, that's an Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> that's an Airbnb. Like, get the fuck out of here. It just, 
All right, you know, let's take a break. Uh, we're gonna get back on a happier note after this. We're gonna come back and play. Uh, what you wanna do? We either gonna do black trivia, Florida or nah, or the regional game. What's the regional game? It's something new. You just gotta pick one of the three. Which one you wanna do? Dang, I we can only do one. We only got time for one. No, 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 no. We're gonna. I said, which one you do first? Oh, uh, let's do black trivia first. We'll do the black trivia first. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, chicken liquor hour. We'll be back in a hot second. We bite, as the Florida Jits would say. I don't hear Jit as much anymore since I left Florida. It's a different world. What do y'all? What do y'all say? What's like the Atlanta version of Jit? First of all, don't say y'all because I'm not from here. But you, um, <clears throat> you know what? <clears throat> they be calling each other twin. That shit crazy. I heard that. I've I just saw a TikTok where people were like comparing slangs from different like areas. And yeah, I didn't know people in Atlanta really said twin like that. I thought that was like a rapper thing. Nah, these niggas be saying twin. I've heard it at work. Like 36-year-old people calling each other twin. What up, twin? I'm like, bro, that's that's just crazy to me. Uh, that's, that's weird. That's what I think, too. I try not to judge, but that shit is different. Oh, they say yeah. my boy. What up, my boy? Yo, my boy. Yeah, they, say my, they say my boy a whole lot, though. But twin is crazy. I didn't hear that much before this year, cause like you, I thought it was only in rap songs. Mm -hmm. Over the past, over the past six to seven months, I heard that on a regular basis now from these folk. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah, my boy and twin. That's I'm not judging, but just to everyone in in Atlanta, to the rest of the country, that sounds weird. <laughs> well, they're used to everyone thinking that they are different and strange anyway, so I think they wear that as a badge of honor. Okay, well, if they gonna yeah. wear. It. <laughs> okay. If they gonna wear, it, do y'all thing then. All right, let me let's go ahead and share this screen. All right, you ready? Yes. All right, we about to play. Guess who? Who is who? Well, you got to match the black figure with the alias or nickname on the right side. So we're gonna start at the top. Ma Rainey. Okay, I didn't know I had to go in order. That's that makes it harder. Um <laughs> Ma Rainey. Okay, either Ma Rainey or Bessie Smith has to be mother of blues. I just don't know which is which. So you're um, going with mother of the blues though? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me see who else one of them could be. We have Mother of the Blues. We have First Lady of Negro America. I'm not sure who else that could be from this. Well, I also don't know who Mary Jane Patterson is. <laughs> um, I, I want to say First Lady of Negro America is um, Mary McLeod Bethune. <laughs> Let me see. We have um, and we have Queen of Jazz. No, that's Ella Fitzgerald for sure. Okay, so we have Queen. We have Empress of the Blues and Mother of the Blues, which sucks. That makes it really hard. That's why I did that too. All right, I'm going to say Ma Rainey is Empress of the Blues and Bessie Smith is Mother of the Blues. So we're going with Ma Rainey as the Mother of the Blues. Yes. There you go. Shout out. Okay. Ma Rainey, okay. Mother of the Blues. 
Um, Bessie got to be Empress. And you going with Bessie is Empress. So uh, this is the first draft uh, moving forward. When I do uh, make this part of my um, um, Black History Facts and Other Dope Shit ebook that I will be selling, um, it crosses out the the alias previous that you already got. So you already know what's crossed out moving forward. But you said Bessie Smith is the empress. Look at yeah. you. Okay. Okay. He two for two so far. All right. Notorious B.I.G. This should game. be easy. Notorious B.I.G. Um, this should be easy in my opinion. Wait, are we missing choices on the other side? No, we are not. It's there. <laughs> it's there, my brother. Hold on, let me read these again. Oh, oh, yeah, Black Frank White. Okay, I didn't see that at first. Okay, I was about to say, bro. Come on now. I didn't see it. I was about to say, bro. I would come on now. All right, Rita Franklin. She gotta be. Hold on. We have Queen of Soul. I want to say Queen of Rock and Roll. I know she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But so is Missy Elliott and Jay-Z. I'm going to go with Queen of Soul. Right, we're, going, we're going with Queen of Soul. Look at you. Okay, three for three. Or four for four. Oh, my bad. Four for four. Where are you? Yeah. All right. This should be the easiest one in my opinion. Mama say Mama Simon Busa. Is it is it LA Flame or La Flame? No, La Flame is Gucci, isn't it? Let me uh, make, let me make sure I'm not missing another one. <laughs> Pluto, Pluto, I want to say is associated with Future. I've never heard Travis call himself Pluto. La Flame. I'm gonna just go with La Flame. Yeah, you're right. It's La Flame. Okay. He went by that earlier, uh, way more earlier in his career, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Carter G. Woodson. Do you know he, who what he did and who he is? I do. He um he wrote the Miseducation of the Negro and he started Black History Month. So he is the father of African American history. So for I mean, you may already know this, but I'm just saying it for the uh, culture out there. Uh, Black History Month started out as Negro History Week before it turned into Black History Month. Do you know what college campus it started on? Would you like a hint? Sure, give me a hint. I'm it's not in sure. the, the state of Ohio. State of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it an HBCU? Nope. No. Not an HBCU. Uh, I don't know then, so I'm gonna just go with Ohio State. Kent State University. You said what? Kent State. Okay. That's where that's it. Uh, that's where it was first celebrated, ever. Negro history at Kent State. Can you get one more concerning this? Um, it started because as a celebration because it's the uh, it started out the first or second week of February as a celebration for two American figures' birthdays. Uh, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. My man. Okay. Shout out. 
He is also a member of Q Sci-Fi, so shout out to the Qs. I don't think I... Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah, Mary McLeod Bethune. I know, well, of course, um, Bethune-Cookman University is named after her. She was an educator, an activist. So I'm going to go with First Lady of Negro America. There you go. Okay. All right. This what you uh what's that seven for seven so far? Yep. You're gonna slip up at some point, boy. All right, this might be the one. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Narrow <laughs> <laughs> it down who you think she's not, though. Oh, there's a lot of people she's not. Um right. She's not she's not Il Nana. She's not Pluto. We already said Queen of Soul. We said, yeah, she's not none of I want to, a lot of the musical stuff I can rule her out on. Right, okay. Um <laughs> Queen of Funk? No. Queen B. No. The only thing I can see her being is Queen of Rock and Roll. You said you can narrow it down. It won't oh, be no, either though. either queen of either queen of rock and roll or queen of funk. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with queen of funk. Just as a guess. Damn, bro. She's the first African American to receive a bachelor's. I didn't know that was her. Mm-hmm. Oh. You learned something new today, baby. Seven to eight. All right, Jay Z. Well, in what? What was her degree in? Do you know? Ooh, uh, I do have that in my fun facts section of my uh, book that will be dropping in February. Okay, so we'll leave that so we don't spoil it. There you go. Jay-Z is Iceberg Slim. I know that's the name he goes throat under. <laughs> Correct. All right. Shaka Khan. Shaka Shaka Khan, y'all. Shaka Khan. Okay, I'm going to say she's Queen of Funk then. Yeah. Better get there. You go, James Brown. He should be. He's got to be rock and roll. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say father of rock and roll, James. No, 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 because that would be Chuck Berry. Uh, what else would he go under? I'm saying Godfather Soul. That's him. There you go. All right, you worked your way through that. What I was about to be disappointed. Ella Fitzgerald. Queen of Jazz. Easy. There you go. Look him. You know that one. Queen B. The original Queen B before Beyonce. Yep. And I said that before, and my students got mad at me. I'm like, why are y'all mad at me? It, she literally went by Queen B in the 90s, yo, and 2000s. Like, no one was calling Beyonce Queen B until probably what, single ladies era? Well, we can do a whole podcast on stand culture and how how much of a mental illness it is. Oh my god, I was literally thinking about that uh, yesterday. I said this is not healthy. You would just bring up one comment about somebody, and they attack you like I thought about that. So, what's the award show that just the Golden Globes just went just came by? And so I'm listening to a, a so I didn't watch it because I don't really I, award shows are boring other than the performances. That's all I care about seeing. So. They brought it up on a podcast I was listening to, and they was like, Taylor Swift did not like what the host said. And so they pulled the clip, and all he said was, 
He said the only difference, he said the difference between here and uh, uh, he said this is playing during uh, there's some NFL games right now. So probably no one is watching us. The big difference between us and the NFL is going to be a lot less shots of Taylor Swift right now. And they showed her and she got mad at it. Yeah, that's not even a diss towards her. That's a diss to the NFL. Correct. And then all her fans was pissed off. They don't even know who Joe Coy is, who is the host of it. But they're all they all found a Twitter and was attacking him like crazy. And it's like, y'all are so fucking blind. It like stand culture is scary as hell. Like, and it's gotten worse and worse over the years. I didn't realize it was still a crazy thing that it is it, now. It needs to be added to the DSM in the in the next edition. The what? The so the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental um, Illness. Oh. That's basically like the encyclopedia of recognized mental illnesses. That's got to have something to do with some kind of mental illness, for real. Like, that shows that your person, your, a personality trait should not be who you're a fan of. That's not a personality trait. To people be a fan of Beyonce or Taylor Swift or whoever. People will go to jail over their favorite artists because they dock somebody who said something bad about their favorite artist. And now they're also, going to Also, what does doc mean? I'll be saying that. <laughs> so doxing is when you leak someone's personal information in order to, like, get them attacked or harassed by people yeah and also i feel like it's a responsibility on the artist to come out and say hey y'all chill out don't attack that person like it's not that big of a deal yeah i I think the same i don't know why especially beyonce i don't know why she doesn't just be like yo chill like she she has to her and taylor swift should come out and tell their fans to chill the hell out there are some artists I wouldn't expect them to do that because they're just as reckless as their fans. But future, Beyonce, like future, and other people I don't want to name because I don't want to. I don't want people coming after me. But Beyonce, like you know, I like Beyonce. I respect her, so I expect her to like you know be at a higher standard of responsibility. Like, cause she like you have to know how crazy and reckless your fans are on Twitter. Like these people are crazy as hell. Like I'm a like, and it also shows me that I can tell people be projecting because I could name like I could be like, yeah, Jay Z's my favorite artist, and they name everything they hate about him. I'm like, all I mm-hmm. said was I like Jay Z, like yeah. or and they'll be like, oh you just because I'll say you know what Blueprint Three was actually an underrated album, wasn't his best, but I actually liked it. No, you just saying that because you're a fan of him. So you like everything he does. I said, see, that shows me you're projecting because that means whoever your favorite artist is, you like everything they like. I am willing to come out and say a certain Jay-Z song or album was not the best. I can say that. I'm a, I'm, I don't dislike Drake. I'm a fan of Drake. But that's why I'd be disappointed in him because I'm a fan of his. And when he releases music that is not up to par, I'm like, this is just okay. So I, I can tell, like, I can say that Drake, J. Cole, Wale, whoever it is, Big Crit. Uh, what was that Big Crit album he came out with last year? Something Roses? Oh, I don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about? Do you listen <laughs> to Big Crit? Um, not as much anymore. I used to listen to him more in, like, 2012, 2013. Damn, a long time ago. But no, um, Forever's a Mighty Long Time, I did hear that album. That was really good. Yeah, that was a while. Oh, the one I'm talking about is Digital Roses Don't Die. That came out in 2022. 
And yeah, I, I first listened to it, I was like, man, this shit ain't it. I will say it's grown on me more, but I still recognize it ain't it. And Big Chris is one of my favorite rappers. But mm -hmm. stand culture does not allow you to ever critique your favorite artist. And that's not good. Like, outside of music, well, I guess I feel like acting, like movies, acting, and music, that's where stand culture, oh, yeah, and sports now is one of them. The stand culture exists anywhere else outside of basketball, music, and movies. I don't even know if it exists in movies like that. Like, have you seen people, like, really go to bat for actors? Well, yeah, I think it's only music and basketball. That's all, Yeah, that's all I can think of. Yeah, I think it's only music and basketball, which is just it's scary and crazy. Like, how do you develop this intense feeling for someone that you have, that you don't know anything about? It's a parasocial relationship. All right, we're going to the next one. That's fucking scary. Foxy Brown. Ill Nana. That is easy. You know, I should have looked up when I did this how she got that nickname. I don't know. Because that would be a good question. And shout out to uh, Jay-Z under Iceberg Slim. Used to ghostwrite a lot of her lyrics back in the day. Uh, the young chicks don't know anything about Foxy Brown. I, they know a little bit more about Lil' Kim because they will bring up. That's another part of the stand culture. The Nicki Minaj and all the female rappers and stuff like because they, I think they say that Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim don't like each other or something like that. They they dissed each other. Well, Lil' Kim did, released a Nicki diss. Oh, really? Called, yeah, called Black Friday. I don't know if Nicki responded to her directly through song, but yeah, they didn't like each other. See, I love to see the rappers I grew up listening to aging well and doing their thing. And then you have like the Lil' Kims. She hasn't, hasn't aged well with what she does. Like <laughs> somebody like Snoop Dogg, he doesn't have to release music. He has aged well in all other aspects of just what he does. Like when he had him and Martha Stewart had a fucking show together and the show was entertaining. Did you ever like it came on VH1? It was like her cooking and putting they was like cooking and putting recipes together, but then they would have like different friends there and they would play trivia games and like talk and have fun conversation. It was entertaining and fun. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg's gonna go down as like he's already a legend, but the mystique of Snoop Dogg and how he's able to maintain being relevant in so many different ways is gonna be research about this shit, bro. I can't wait until the documentary. Here's my um, I don't know if it's a hot take or, or <laughs> I don't know how many people agree with this, but here's my opinion on Snoop. Right, Snoop is not even in my top ten of rappers. Not he even might, top ten. He might not even be top twenty. Damn. To me, Snoop has maybe three really good albums. Doggy Style, of course, Blue Carpet Treatment, and um, what was, it, what was the album with Sexual Seduction? Oh, um, hold on, I'm going to pull them up. Um, that was RNG Rhythm and Gangster? Was that that, that one? No, no, Sexual Seduction was after that. Uh, RNG, drop it like it's hot. Hold on, let me pull it up so we can make sure we got it. Sexual has, seduction. I remember Jay-Z dissed Nas by saying you have a one hot album every 10-year average. That's actually true for Snoop. <laughs> so, like, I've never... Like, he's good, and, like, his his good albums are really good. 
But he's never been one of my favorite rappers, but I think he's more so popular for his personality and just like one of the staple. Oh, no, he's definitely more popular for his personality. But I also, for me, I like his different types of music and stuff too. So I will put other albums in there that I truly like the whole lot too. Because he had an album that came out around like 2014, 2015 that I liked the whole lot. And it was called Bush, came out 2015. And it was just vibey. It was like him, like, I ain't going to say singing, but you know what he does, where it's not actually rapping or singing, but it's whatever. So I like that. But you know me, I like that type of music. But I I would put, I haven't really thought about who I say is my top five, my favorite five. I ain't going to say top, my favorite five rappers of all time. Snoop Dogg is at the minimum in my top 10. But on another note, we like Jay-Z's line, one hot album every 10-year average. Nas changed that in these last uh oh yeah he changed that these last seven to ten years (laughs) he definitely changed that since like 2013 over the last 10 years so shout out to him I mean even at the time I wouldn't say that was true because a lot of people like it was written more than Illmatic and I am it was commercially successful but these albums have been to me I think this run is better than his earlier run yeah yeah I'd say so too I'm trying to, who would I even say? I know for me, my top five, my favorite five. I ain't going to say top. I'm going to say my favorite five. Jay-Z and Kanye. Kanye's still on there because what he did with his first four albums, I can't sure. I can't yeah. say no to that. But I will say, you know, sometimes, I ain't going to lie, sometimes I want to put Dom Kennedy up there because I listen to him so much and I recognize he's a very different type of rapper. He's mm-hmm. like a Cameron of the West Coast, low key. The way he just rap, like it's like kind of silly raps, and you don't take it too serious, but you're gonna listen to it and fuck with it though a whole lot. Uh the game used to be in there back in the day. Game disappoints me so much. Listen, yes, I people sleep on the game as a rapper because he's so corny and he keeps doing <laughs> all this corny stuff. Lyrically, I think he's very underrated, but it's his fault because he wants attention from social media so bad. Exactly. Like when he came out and said he's the reason why Kendrick Lamar picked his rap name as Kendrick Lamar because Kendrick was going to use this instead. But I had to talk to him like he always tries to put insert like he tried to say that he was supposed to be there at the Super Bowl halftime show two years ago when they did the whole West Coast thing and all of that. No, there no (laughs) people who ask Snoop and Dre and M to be there. They don't know who the game is. Like that's Mary J. Blige and Eminem and and Dre and Snoop, like, I'm sorry, dog. The game, like I said, I love the game's music. Like, he's underrated as a rapper because of all the other silly antics. Yeah. But you're not on that level with them, dog. I, you're not on, like, even Anderson Pac was there, but he was playing the drums and the piano, my nigga. He wasn't yeah. singing and rapping, even though probably today, Bruno and Anderson are big enough to play at the, because they was at the Grammys. They big enough to play at the Super Bowl. But then Bruno Mars played the Super Bowl? He did it himself, right? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, like, come on. Snoop Dogg is a living legend game. Like, chill out, bro. But I will, I do, I agree. He is now, he has become bigger than who he was in hip-hop. Yeah. Because personality-wise, like, who else has been able to do what he did on trial? It's like him and Mike Tyson are the the ones to be able to do what they did. To either yeah, go I, to prison or be on trial for something as serious as that, and now they're family friendly with white people. 
Like younger millennials and Gen Z don't even know that Snoop was on trial for murder. They only know him as the guy who hangs out with Martha Stewart and does like sports commentary from time to time or whatever. I'm gonna have to ask my students about that now and see what oh, they yeah. really know about because they probably don't know that Jay Z was on trial for stabbing someone in the nineties either then. No, they probably don't. Oh, I'm gonna have to ask them about what they actually know about Snoop Dogg and Jay Z. Which off topic, I know we're ranting. Do you think Jay actually did that, or do you think he took the fall for someone? He would have it. And my first thought is he would have no reason, and it would be silly for him to take the fall for someone, seeing that he was about to blow up and become one of the biggest artists in the game, though. Well, then so that would wouldn't make be, sense. But it would also be silly for him to do it. Yeah, but we've seen rappers do a lot of silly shit, though. I I guess in the, like we've seen a lot of rappers in the heat of the moment, do a lot of stupid shit that they should have never done. I mean, I mean Snoop Dogg was just now becoming Snoop Dogg when he went on trial for murder. So in Ether, Nas says, your man stabbed on and made you take the blame. So yeah, you think, I remember that. You think maybe his friend did it and he just didn't want to snitch on his friends? I could totally see that too because if everything is real about the, the aura of Jay-Z is that he wouldn't snitch. So then that would also make sense that he may have been there and didn't want to snitch on someone. So that also makes sense then. So to be honest, Nas saying that if you look back on it, just makes the aura about Jay-Z even much realer that he wouldn't snitch on his friend though. Yeah, when it comes yeah. to the when it comes to the street shit, I mean obviously we don't care about none of that, but when it comes to that type of shit, that just makes his aura be like, damn. Jay-Z didn't snitch. He took the blame and was facing 30 years in jail or whatever it was. Yeah. So either way, it was a win-win for him as a as the back in the 90s when it was that that hardcore street rap shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a win-win for him, unfortunately and fortunately, to be honest. Damn, that's true. I'm gonna have to ask my students though about Snoop Dogg and Jay-Z. I'm certain they don't know about any of that. Dang, do they even so they probably don't recognize how big Ludacris once was? No, my cousins in high school, when I told them that TI was at one point one of the biggest rappers in the world, they looked at me like I was crazy. Damn, and that wasn't that, but that wasn't that long ago when TI, like, I guess for That's them, right. yeah. TI's run was it started when I was a senior in high school, though. So it started in like 05. My senior 05 06 was my senior year. His run started in 05 and it lasted till like 2012, 13, when like at the height to 2013 was his run. So I guess that would make sense. I, I would say maybe like 2011. I feel like Paper Trail was his last like mega album. And then after that, people like kind of stopped checking for his new music. So wait a minute. Let's we're gonna look it up. We do this every time. Because after after Paper Trail, what was his next album? It was No Mercy, which a lot of people didn't care for that album. And then, it was oh no what uh you also had 2000 trouble man heavy as the head that's that when was, he started that's when it started like going down and that was 2012. That was a good album though. That was it was no it was because he still had big songs though like go get it remember that? Yeah addresses where he got in a beef with that rapper that no one remembers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say it was like 05 to 12 was the height of TI. That was his height. 05 to 12. With about the money with Young Thug, he still had a hit then. Which I don't, when did um Trouble Man? Not that was in Trouble Man. That was um what was that album called? I don't remember what that was. Let me. I'm gonna look it up. 
It was on his because that was uh, like 20... it was paperwork. Two that was 2014 because I was already living in Florida. Yeah, and about the money was a big hit. It was huge, but still, I'm talking about like over like it at that time. It wasn't his albums anymore, and he right. wasn't like one of the top touring hip hop artists anymore either. Do you remember when he started a group with Young Thug called Bankroll Mafia? No. I feel like that's such a forgotten album now. It was good. Like, their album was good, but... I don't remember that shit at all. Yeah, him and Young Thug, and I think maybe one other person, they, they had a group for a couple years called Bankroll Mafia. Was... I'm sorry to change the subject, but was About the Money his last, like, huge hit, though, probably? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. So we'll say... We'll give him 05 to 4. He almost had a 10-year run where he was like at the height in music wise anyways. I mean you gotta count trap music too, rubber band man and 24s. Yeah, but that that was when he was starting to blow up. I'm talking about when he was 05 and 06 when King came out and all of that. That's when he was he was the number one artist in hip hop at the time basically. He was because you had because you had to mix in ATL and his album like it was Urban Legend that really started it in 05. It was like him, Wayne, Jeezy, and Eminem that were running rap at that time. Was Eminem? In oh, yeah, he was in that time. They was probably... Because remember, at that time, hip-hop was kind of boring. It was only a couple artists that was really killing it. It was kind of boring from like 02 to like 05. It was kind of boring. Um, I wouldn't say boring because like, oh, like 04, 05, 06... There was like some very good like singles and radio music coming out around that time. And I guess that's what I mean. It was all about just like the singles. And that's where it really so if you look up a 2004 playlist, what the hip hop songs that come up on it. Oh, Nelly. Oh, we forget Nelly. Nelly was big, big as shit. That's when he came out with Suit and Sweat. Yeah, I I don't feel like those were that big. No, though. you were no, you wasn't feeling it, but that shit almost went uh, that shit went hella platinum though. What year was that? What year did those two albums come out? 2004. That was 04? Yeah. Wow, that was earlier than I thought. Yeah. That was 04. So Nelly was still... Nelly from like 01 to like 05 was one of the biggest hip-hop artists at the time, too. What singles were on Sweat and Suit? Uh, That is a good question. My Place with Jaheen. Remember My Place? No. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again with uh Tim with McGraw. Tim McGraw and that was a big song too my yeah. place my place with Jaheen was a big song over and over again hold on let's see if yeah, you yeah, that, that song was huge what what happened you don't hear it no you can't hear the music you gotta share your audio probably oh is it on your phone can you hear it now no. Oh, I don't know. Well, it was a big song. Over and over again was huge. You had uh what else was on there though? And that was right after Dilemma. Dilemma came out in 2002. Yeah. Uh what was oh uh drop down to get your eagle long girl. Oh tip drill. No, that's not tip drill. That's flap your wings. Drop down to get your eagle long girl. <laughs> Tim Drill was before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but still, at that time in 04, Nelly was one of the biggest artists as well. Okay. So we can't forget about Nelly during that time. 
Uh, who else was? That was when Tipsy by Jaquan came out. <laughs> oh, Chingy. Chingy was doing his thing at the time. I'm not saying he's one of the biggest artists, but he was doing his thing. That was the Snoop Dogg Drop It Like It's Hot era. Yeah. Oh, and that's when Kanye College Dropout came out in 04. Now, when I say, when I said before, like when T.I., Jeezy, Wayne, and M were running things, I'm more so talking about like 06 to 08. About to say, because Jeezy didn't come out to 05. Yeah. And, but, you know, pretty much the same rap class is like Jeezy, Rick Ross, Kanye, they all part of the same like little rap class, though. They all came up together. Because yeah, they cause... like, Kanye talks about that too. Yeah, Port of Miami came out in 06. Which I 05. Always... It came out 05. At, well, at the end of 05, didn't it? Or does, it was either the end of 05 or spring 06. It was my senior year. That's all I remember. Okay. Yeah, because I always associate Rick Ross as like coming out way after Jeezy. But they actually came out the same year. <laughs> Correct. That was also when Twista came back and he came out with Overnight Celebrity and all that. That's oh, when Jamie Foxx was dropping songs with Kanye. I don't think that was 06, though. What? Not oh. women, what was it? Overnight celebrity. That was 04, my bad. I was still on 04. Okay. Yeah, that was that 04 was when Fabulous came out with Breeze. I one of my favorite songs. Oh, Al uh that was Outcast. Uh with the oh, uh Speaker Box. Level yeah, level. Speaker Box. That was 04, Speaker Box. 2006, yes, though. That was more Rick Ross and uh and Jeezy and all of that as well. That was the that was right there in the snap music era though. That was the snap era. True, yeah. But when it came to like, I don't know, because like snap era, snap music was more so like for the clubs and stuff. But like when it came to yeah. everything else, it was still those artists. And that's when Ti came out with King in two thousand six. Yeah, but two thousand six that was Young Jock and and them franchise boys, D four L, yeah, Rick Ross. Oh, Nelly came out with a. Uh, uh, grills in 06. See, I feel like by that point, Nelly was already past his peak. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. No, I was still, he was still dropping stuff, but he was past his peak. Yeah. Yeah, he already, uh, Bubba Sparks. <laughs> I, I don't think I can name one Bubba Sparks song. Miss New Booty? I probably heard it if I... I if... found you, Miss New Booty. And played that in my prom night. That's why I remember that shit, boy. I'd have to listen to it. Again. <laughs> That's when Jay Z came back out with uh, Kingdom Come in 06. I, I loved Kingdom Come. Me too. And that's another album. If I say I like, they say you only like it because it's Jay Z. And I can't wrap my head around why would you listen to something when you don't like it just because it's your favorite artist? That doesn't make sense. But off the top of my head, Kingdom Come was a great song. Minority Report, Lost Ones, and Show Me What You Got. That's four amazing songs right there. Oh, and the first, the very first song, the prelude, he killed that. He was rapping his ass off. Yeah, on the yeah. first song, you, like that shit was fire as hell as well. Like that album was a really good album. It's just that it's Jay Z. I'm still. But if that if if another artist came out with Kingdom Come, we would think that it was almost a classic. Yeah, but it's Jay Z, so it's like at the so, time I was not a Jay Z fan because I was a Nas fan, and I kind of treated it like sports. But my dad, he got the Kingdom Come album, and he played, he played Kingdom Come and Show Me What You Got for Me in the car, and that was and enough I, for you. I would secretly steal his CD and listen to it without him knowing. <laughs> I, I didn't want him to know I was listening to Jay Z. Hey, that's hilarious, bro. <laughs> oh, and that's when uh, Lupe came out. No six. Yeah. 
So actually, looking back on it, that was some good year for hip hop. Yeah, yeah, I say 06 through 08, that was a really good time. That actually was a good time. LL Cool J came out with Control Myself. <laughs> yeah, it was like 09 and 2010 that was a slump for hip hop, but that's because like all the good stuff was on mixtapes. Yeah, that like, was we was in the heart of the mixtape right there for real. Yeah, it wasn't no good music like out selling, but the mixtapes was top tier in 09. And shoot, the mixtapes from 08 to like 2012 was really killing it. Yeah. All right, back to the game. Sylvia Robinson. Um, okay. She's another person I haven't really heard of. Sylvia, hey, she's important. I'll tell you that. Let me see. Okay, I said Shaka Khan was Queen of Funk. I'm going to say Sylvia Robinson is queen of rock and roll. You you sure you going with that? Not anymore. <laughs> She's important. I'm going to tell you that, playboy. <laughs> That's the only category I can see her fitting in. Damn, bro. Unless she is she hip hop's first godmother? No, there has to be someone else that fits there. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna go with Queen of Rock and Roll. Forget it. All right, bro. I'm sorry. She is hip hop's first godmother. I've never heard her. I've never heard that name. She discovered um, what's the names that did Rappers Delight, Sugar Hill Record, the Sugar Hill Gang. But like, was she a musician herself, or was she like an yes, she was an artist as well. But she pioneered the hip hop label Sugar Hill Records. So she was the CEO of Sugar Hill Records that discovered the Sugar Hill Gang that made Rappers Delight, and it was the first commercial hip hop song ever. Well, that's another thing I learned. You're welcome. And she was behind uh, Grandmaster Flash as well. Oh, didn't know that. The message, uh, the message from uh, Grandmaster Flash. Shout out to her. Yeah, but she also was a singer before that as well. So, shout out to her. You learned something new today, Playboy. What you've missed two so far? Yeah, I missed her, and I missed Mary Jane Patterson. Yes. All right, Tina Turner. Oh, and by the way, um, Silver Robinson was the inspiration. For the character of um, what's her name, uh, Cookie from Empire. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, she's got Tina Turner has to be queen of rock and roll. Then she just has. To. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she gotta be there. Now that's Laflame, bro. Future, you know that one. Yeah, that's Pluto. Okay. Well, he hasn't gone by that in a long time. No, but he has went bad. So. Chuck Berry, definitely father of rock and roll. Yeah, you already said that. And Chuck Berry, fun fact, he's uh the first person, period, ever inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Interesting. And when you read about his life, he was a wild boy, just like most of those artists from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah, if you've seen Cadillac Records where most death plays him. Oh, I never saw it. Oh, it was he was he Chuck Berry was in there. Yeah. What role did Beyonce play in that then? She was Etta James. Oh, okay. See, I've never seen that movie, actually. Was that a good movie? Yeah, it was good. I'd recommend it. All right. Donna Summer. Mean a disco. I'm about to say, what you know about some Donna Summer? 
I know um, she what's her song? Love to Love You Baby. Yep. W E B the boy. He is the first African American to earn a doctorate. Look at you. In, you know uh, where? Uh, what was your uh, best say? Harvard. I want to say it was sociology. I'm about to look that up to see if they say what the degree's in since damn it, it was. It was sociology. I didn't even notice that part. Do you know what fraternity he was in? Uh, he's. I think he's honorary Alpha Phi Alpha. Correct. Yeah. He also graduated from a uh, Fisk University, by the way. Uh, Method Man. Tao. Correct. Would you yeah. are that? That was easy, right? Yeah, that was easy. I mean, it's, well, if you know he has an album called T Cal, it's easy. To Cal, is it T Cal or To Cal? I don't probably To Cal. Oh. I don't know. Uh, so the youngest probably only know him as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> no, they that, know he music. They just haven't heard his music. Yeah, they don't know him from Method Man and Red Man or the Wu Tang Clan. They just know that he has rapped. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. What the heck just happened? Hold on. Was that the last one? Oh shoot, that was the last one. Oh well, shout out. All right, well. Look at you. Damn, so you only got two wrong. Yeah. Well, shout out to you. All right, we're about to take a break. We're gonna come back with our last uh with our last segment. We're gonna do some uh Florida or nah, obviously. And uh, we're gonna have some regional regional questions to ask. We'll be right back, checking the look at hours. 